Welcome to Arate Today, the place where personal development meets personal responsibility and you are encouraged to reach your highest human potential. Jen Pipe is a multi-passionate entrepreneur and lifelong learner on a mission to positively impact the world through the powerful combination of community and creativity. Her main goal is to be better each day than she was the day before, and she is sharing her knowledge so you can do the same. So don't wait for things to happen. Go out and make them happen. It's time for you to be the intentional creator of your life with your butt in the driver's seat and your foot on the gas. Now, buckle your seatbelts because we're about to go for one hell of a ride. Hey, hey, fans and followers. How are you? It's Jen Pipe coming at you from behind the mic in New England today. It's a little dreary, a little wet, but I am determined to look at the positive and not complain about this weather. Uh, looking out the window right now, my grass is green, the trees are blooming, the plants that I planted over the weekend are taking root, and they're not getting scorched by the sun. And, um, you know, this corner of the world has been spared from this horrible drought that's affecting some of the United States. So, all in all, there's a lot to be thankful for here. So, this is what will shape up to be the last podcast of May 2014. So pretty exciting. Uh, done about a dozen of these now, I think, and um, they're going really well. I'm enjoying putting together this content for you and having you listen in and give me your feedback. So thank you for that. Thank you for being a part of this journey with me and for inspiring me to create content to help you on your journey. So much going on around here lately. Um, you know, it's it's been hard to take a breath, but all rewarding good stuff. End of the year is wrapping up for my kids, and that always proves to be a busy and challenging time. So we're we're making our way through that. And I've also been enrolled in this two-week intensive online course about boundaries. And I initially took it as a way to help, you know, my kids that I work with, the school systems that I appear in, and my clients you know, with establishing their own boundaries. And that was the intent behind taking this. It just seemed like such a valuable course to, you know, put in my toolkit to get under my wing and to learn from. And um, it, it's end up, ended up being so, so much more than that. Um, you know, it's really shown me about boundaries in my life. You know, the the need for establishing boundaries with certain people and situations in my life and also the way I show up and either, you know, trample on or maybe violate softly other people's boundaries. So it's been a very eye-opening experience for me and I'm so grateful that I gave myself the gift of this course. So it's, it's you know, bringing a lot of things to light. I'm able to hold a lot of things gently in my hand and think about them and, really figure out, you know, how I will proceed on in the world from this point forward, what kinds of changes I can make, what things I can do differently, where I can stand firm and not waver in my truth. And so it's been very powerful and I'm so grateful for the group of women that have gathered together for this. Um, they've helped to give me strength and to give me some clarity and um, it's just all in all been rewarding. So in the midst of all that, I have begun writing for my book that I'm hoping to release out into the world by the end of this year. So that's been really awesome. 
and it's coming together nicely. And it's also ironically, and I don't know if this is like monkey mind or my creative brain being unleashed, but it's really spurring on all of these ideas for other things that I want to tackle. Um, I've had an idea for a magazine that I'd like to put out in the world, um, another book and course offering that I want to do. So, so many things are coming up and that makes it a little bit difficult to stay focused, but I'm looking at it as a positive. The ideas are there, you know, the fer- the soil is fertile and rich and, and things are coming, um, coming to me. So that's great. So it's been really busy around these parts. And, um, you know, last weekend, as you know, was Memorial Day weekend and, it was nice to pause and, you know, think about all of the people that have given their lives for the freedom of our country and, you know, the people that they have left behind that love them. And um, so it was nice to do that. And then as a, a positive side, I it was nice out here. And so um, instead of staring at a screen and writing words and, you know, doing all of that creative work kind of stuff, um, made it a point to get outside and spend some time in my yard last weekend. And I really enjoy gardening. Um, didn't really know that I, I had a real love for it until we bought our house about 15 years ago and there were some gardens already established and it was a big joke that, Oh, you'll probably kill those like good luck with that. Cause I've never been known to have a green thumb, certainly inside, but Outdoor gardening brings me such tremendous joy and there's just such a reward there and you look at all this hard work and it just manifests into this beautiful, amazing landscape and so I've really enjoyed that and so I spent a bunch of time last weekend out in the yard and I planted flowers and I divided some plants and moved some plants around and, you know, spent a lot of time kind of surveying my little plot in the world and um, you know, turned over lots and lots of rich soil. And it was, again, cathartic and rewarding and creative and artistic in a different way. And it got me outside, which is something that I haven't really done much of this spring, just because it's been kind of cold and miserable. Um, but I am typically one that loves to be outdoors and I work outside as much as I possibly can. And I sit outside and sit in the sun as much as possible and get some vitamin D and Um, so it was great to be able to do that. But in terms of my yard, it was the first time that I'd been out in the yard this season and, you know, the hard work was great. I was sore for a couple days afterwards. It felt good and I could feel the vitamin D on my skin and I just felt healthier and more vibrant. And, you know, in between all of the, the task related things, the filling up of the watering can and the telling my kids where to put stuff and helping give them instructions so that they could help out it gave me an opportunity to do a lot of thinking. And that's often what I do when I garden is I get lost in thought. I'm contemplative. I'm meditative. Um, and as a result, a lot of times like awareness will bubble up to the surface or I'll have a realization or there'll be a certain clarity that comes to me, you know, when my mind is at rest and, you know, I did some thinking over the weekend and I want to share that with you today and kind of creative, um, an integrative way. And so in thinking about this content for today and, you know, just kind of turning it over in my mind, I think I want to start with a very important question and we'll circle back to it at the end, but I just want to know, are you tilling your soil? So just ponder that while I go through this and then we'll come back to it at the end and maybe it will, you know, kind of give you some ideas and give you some clarity and help you 
think of some things that either you haven't thought of or have been avoiding thinking of. Um, so I guess just a little bit about me really quick, you know, for as long as I can remember, like I have just had this urge, like this primal desire to be outside and in direct contact with nature. And by nature, I don't necessarily mean, you know, deep in the woods. I'm not really a woodsy girl or a mountain girl, but I'm more nature like in my yard, like gardening and feeling the soil and feeling the earth and smelling the plants or taking a long walk in my neighborhood or, you know, elsewhere, just going for a long walk to clear my head and mostly spending time near the ocean. Like that's my nature. That's where I feel called to be. That's, you know, where I feel most at peace and at home. And I've said this before, it's like the place on this earth that makes the most sense to me. So um, you know, thinking back to like high school and college, like I was the kid that would get like a ridiculous case of spring fever and I'd have a hard time focusing in school and my thoughts were always more centered on being outside, like playing sports or hanging out with my friends or just going to the beach or chilling out or whatever. Um, you know, in college, I kind of would structure my classes in the spring. I'd have a lighter course load, like I'd really pile it on in the fall and the winter, knowing that I wanted to do the bare minimum in the spring. And that's the beauty of college. You can do that. Um, you know, so a couple things, um, you know, in order for my like time with nature in quotes to be optimal, I need a couple of specific conditions. So typically I need bare feet. Like I need to have my feet actually touching the ground or the sand or what have you, um, feeling the stones. And I need to also have, and this is going to seem kind of strange and quirky, but have my shoulders exposed in some way so that I can feel the sunshine and can feel the energy coming down upon me from above. So there's a phrase, sky above, sky above me, earth below me. And that's kind of how I feel. So, you know, I'm either wearing a tank top or I'm in a bathing suit or something. Um, but I, I need to feel that. Like, I love that feeling of just the sun beating down. Um, it just, for me, it's just so energizing. So it's only recently, probably within the last five years or so, that I've been able to give a name to this, you know, fairly habitual and instinctual practice that I have. And, you know, spiritual leaders all around the land um, will refer to what I'm doing as grounding or connecting to source. So those are both such beautiful terms and terms that I, up until that point, had never used before and had never really given much thought to. Um, but, you know, it's also okay, like if you're doing the same kind of thing, it's also okay to stick with the more mainstream terms of like vegging out or taking some me time or regrouping or chilling or taking a break or being one with nature or escaping the madness or recharging the batteries, whatever you call it. Um, I think that we're hardwired for that. So a lot of times this computer technology culture of ours, um, it's kind of like our own worst enemy unless we have some balance. So Anyways, um, I'm outside over the weekend, and no, I didn't have bare feet this time because I don't bear, wear bare feet when I'm gardening, um, but, you know, I'm outside, shoulders are bare, hands are in the soil, like, digging deep, the sun's beating on my shoulders, and I start thinking about how there are so many life parallels to gardening, to being outside, to being in nature, that we either turn a blind eye to, or we just simply choose to ignore, um, but... 
in thinking about this and going deep and in having these moments, um, gardening can be a really great teacher if you let it. So I just want to share some anecdotes from that. Um, you know, I was walking this weekend, kind of walking around my yard and I was taking stock of the current conditions and, you know, a, f a few profound thoughts came to mind. And so we'll start with my butterfly bush. And it's been glaring at me from the front of my property line since the snow thawed um, late this spring. And it's typically like so lush and so beautiful and, you know, so vibrant. And it's like the cornerstone of my big giant property line garden in the front of my house. Um, but staring at me right now are these wooden remnants of my dead butterfly bush. Um, and this plant has been, it's grown, it's blossomed, it's taken root. And it's really been such a source of joy for me for the past five years. Um, you know, joy for me, nourishment for the butterflies, I guess, if you want to put it that way. Um, but, you know, people would stop and, you know, my husband and I, we kind of pride ourselves. Like we have a really beautiful yard. It's probably, and I can say this without being cocky, like, it's the most beautiful yard in the neighborhood. We put a lot of time and effort into it. We enjoy it. Um, you know, it's, it's a source of pride and happiness and joy for us. It's like the gift that keeps on giving when we can see it for the few months of the year. But um, in any, any event, you know, people would walk by with their dogs or with their kids and, and they would stop and they would take pictures of this, you know, with butterflies on it. Um, or they would pause sometimes. I remember the story of a woman who stopped and I had this really beautiful conversation with her about her loved ones, her deceased loved ones, come to her on the wings of butterflies. So she told me how she loved to walk down our street and stop and look at this butterfly bush and see the butterflies. And it was almost like, you know, she was having a conversation with the people that she loved and, and they were bringing her these beautiful messages. And it was just such a beautiful, raw message from this woman that I don't know at all. Um... But, you know, since the snow thawed this year and we had this unusually harsh winter and it finally came to an end, um, I keep waiting, right? So I'm like, oh, when, when did this thing bloom last year? Like, is it late? Is it the fall? Um, so I've been waiting for like a leaf to come out or, you know, just even a, a bud to show up. But I have, you know, it's eight feet tall and six feet wide and, and there's nothing. It is just barren. Um, it's like a big skeleton of sticks and here we are, it's almost June. Um, and so I've been fearing the worst that it's gone, that it's dead, that it's not coming back to life. And so when I went to the garden center over the weekend, the, um, gentleman that worked there, you know, he said, everybody's having the same problem. The winter was too harsh, cut it down, get rid of it. Maybe if you're lucky, the roots will regenerate. Um, so you know, I'm thinking of this and I'm kind of mourning the loss of this plant because it is life and uh, maybe that seems silly to you, but, um, you know, in an appropriate way, you know, I feel kind of sad about that. And then I got to thinking and what I thought about is that this butterfly bush that had brought m me and countless others and people I didn't even know and, you know, life in butterflies and bugs and birds, um, this this plant, it was just a beautiful reminder that everything is finite. Like everything has a distinct beginning and an end. And we don't often think about that. You know, maybe we do in terms of people, but certainly not in terms of like planet and 
life force outside of people and the footprint that we're leaving. But everything has a distinct beginning and an end. And what I really got to thinking about over the weekend was the time to enjoy all things, whether it's a person or your job or intimacy or love or nature or that completely succulent meal that you're enjoying, like anything, the time to enjoy those things are when they're in bloom, right? When they're alive, when they're vibrant, when they're in front of you, in the moment, in the here and now, like that's when to take it all in. Because whether it's something as insignificant as a butterfly bush, you know, if in fact you deem flora and that kind of thing insignificant, or something as monumental as your marriage or your health, the time to enjoy it is now, when it's ripe, when it's yours, when you can enjoy it, not when it's too late. So that was my first thought this weekend. Um, and it impacted how I went through the rest of my weekend. You know, it was a great thought. It was a beautiful thought. It was a great reminder, you know, just kind of coming to me in a perfect moment in time. And, you know, moving on from that, the second thought that I had was about relationships in particular and how they are so familiar to flowers and to garden and to, um, you know, plants and that kind of thing. And flowers, I know you know this, but they require constant nourishment and care, right? They need sun and water and soil and they need those things to be imbalanced. You know, if, if things are imbalanced, if there's too much sun and not enough water, they die. If there's too much water and not enough sun, they die. If the soil doesn't possess the right amount of nutrients that that plant or flower needs to thrive, it will become diseased or it will die. Relationships are the same way. And oftentimes we take that for granted. You know, instead of sun and water and soil, our relationships thrive on things like respect and love and encouragement and time right? Time, dedicated time. If it's deficient or severely imbalanced in any of those things and countless others, the relationship, just like those plants, will likely not withstand the test of time. So relationships, especially the treasured ones, especially the ones that you hold most close and dear, those ones seldom survive on autopilot. We really, really need to think about this and remember this. Um, you know, just an anecdote about that. So I have this peony bush on the side of my house. And peonies, where I love this butterfly bush that I just talked about, but peonies are like my all-time favorite flower um, for so many reasons. The smell is amazing. Their blooms are magnificent. Um, they always bloom right around my anniversary, my wedding anniversary in May, which is just such a beautiful reminder of my marriage and my vows and our my relationship with my husband. Um, so it, my favorite flower, bar none. And I have this peony bush on the side of my house. And it's one of many in my yard. I mean, I have probably eight or nine of them. Um, all of the other ones thrive right? They're just gorgeous. They're gigantic. I get prolific bloom on them. Um, you know, just these magnificently perfumed blooms in, in these shades of pink and white and magenta. 
Um, but this one, I mean, this one has a mind of its own. It's set off by itself a little bit. It's, you know, a little bit in a different plot of soil, but not so much different. Um, it just, it struggles <laughs> and there's no other way to put it. Um, it dwarfs in comparison to the other ones. Um, and, you know, if I'm lucky, it will present me with one tiny bud each year, just one, a bud, but the bud doesn't bloom. It will wither up and die beforehand. And, you know, I was looking at it over the weekend and I was like, this Jen is a planting crisis <laughs> and it is just so obviously not getting something or many things that it desperately needs you know maybe the sun isn't quite right in that part of the yard or maybe the soil needs some tweaking or something or maybe it just doesn't dry out enough maybe it's too damp peonies don't like damp soil it rots the root structure um but you know it's been a couple years and I keep waiting for it to take root and bloom and I just you know keep hoping like crossing my fingers that you know all right maybe you know come on grow little plant I love you you know um, but I keep thinking like maybe it just needs some time to figure it out on its own, right? And adapt to its new surroundings. Um, cause all of its other cousins did and they flank my land and they bloom and they're perfectly happy. But you know, this one, I'm looking at it and I'm noticing like this one is begging for my attention. Like, please see me. It whispers, I need you. And it so very badly wants me to delicate, delicately and lovingly unearth it and just hold it gently in my hand and tell it, like, I'm sorry your needs haven't been met. I see you and I honor you and I vow to make it right. Like, that's what it wants to hear from me. And so this plant, this like, you know, just sort of peony in crisis, it reminds me of partnerships and of yin and yang and of the unspoken agreements that we all have, right? The unspoken agreements that exist between a gardener and the plants that the gardener plants. The unspoken agreement that also exists between humans that we so often forget about and so often violate. So take notice of those things in crisis. Hold them lovingly in your hands. You know, unearth them if you have to and move them to safer ground, more sacred ground. But take notice, don't just ignore them and hope that things get better in the future. You know, plants and people need the same kinds of things. So moving on in my yard, you know, a few steps to the north of this peony in crisis, I have this gigantic hydrangea bush. And I made the colossal error of not deadheading it last year. So it's this living, breathing show of contrast right now. Like on one hand, it's got these deep green leaves and they are just oozing with chlorophyll and they're beautiful and lush. Um, but then they're topped with these brittle and dead grayish brownish flowers that were left over from last year. Um, but, you know, it's more than the contrast in this juxtaposition of dead and alive. It's the knowledge that those dead blooms that I neglected to remove, which I did remove this weekend, um, at least most of them, but the knowledge that those dead blooms and the energy that that plant expends by carrying those dead blooms on its frame, that is going to minimize the show of this year's blooms. So last year's dead blooms and all the energy that it takes for that plant to hold those on its frame 
is going to affect this year's blooms in a negative way. So, you know, this plant, this hydrangea, this beautiful plant, um, with my help, it's been carrying around tons of unnecessary baggage. And all of this baggage is preventing it from thriving in the moment the way that it was meant to. So let's just stop and think about that for a second. I really don't think I need to point out how humans are the exact same way with the baggage and the expending of unnecessary energy and the carrying around things we don't need and how it prevents us from thriving. Do I need to point that out? I'm not really sure, but just ponder that for a few minutes. Think about that. Pick off the dead blooms. Unpack the baggage. Put it away or throw it away. There's no need to carry it anymore. Um, let's see. One of my other um, chores over the weekend was I went to the garden center. I mentioned the man that I talked to about my butterfly bush. And I needed a bunch of annuals for my containers. Um, my mother and my oldest daughter had planted a couple planters for me for Mother's Day. And they came out beautiful. But I had some other ones that needed filling. So I went to the garden center. And I also needed some perennials. Like I wanted to fill in some holes in my gardens. Um, we've got a, a gopher problem around here. And they just eat certain varieties of my plants just whole to the ground in a matter of minutes. Um, so I'm looking for something that there is resistant to them that they don't enjoy eating. So my youngest daughter came with me and she really enjoys flowers and she likes gardening and she likes to put together the color combinations. And I love having her with me and I love seeing this whole process through her eyes. Um, I don't remember doing this with my mother. I probably did. She was a green thumb and she loved to garden, but I just, I don't remember it. So I love seeing it in my daughter and kind of like carrying on that tradition, um, and that memory. But she also has this little tribute garden, um, in the front of our house for a friend of hers who she lost to cancer. And, um, you know, she's been planting annuals in the garden, but she wanted to do something a little different this year, maybe get a couple perennials that would come back every year. So, you know, here we are, we're at this garden center, we're circling around and it had been remodeled. So things weren't where they were. So we're taking our time. We're kind of taking it all in. And, um, you know, we'd pick up combinations of plants and make these little vignettes in our wagon, you know, like, Ooh, these will look great on the urns and the front steps. Like, you know, those are pretty, um, or, Oh my God, these will be perfect for the whiskey barrel or, Ooh, those two colors look really pretty together. You know, so here we are and we're playing with our palette and, um, you know, I'm just kind of being reminded on the side that gardening really is truly an art. But the final step before we put all the plants in the wagon and commit to them was the checking of the fact tag. And I know that you all know what this is. You know, the little tag that comes in the plant, a little plastic tag, and it has the sometimes a picture on it, but the description of its growing habits and everything, you know, like, ooh, needs full sun, grows to 18 inches, space two feet apart invasive danger danger um great as a ground cover attracts butterflies deer resistant blooms made of september hardy to zone five like and so on and so on and so on so everything we needed to know about a particular plant its needs its habits its size the time when it shines the brightest versus the time when it lays dormant the kinds of boundaries it needs and any inclination of whether or not it would cause us problems all of that is like right there in black and white um, for everyone to see. 
And it's kind of like, you know, the plant's disclaimer. It's like a their bio or their resume, like all rolled into one. Um, and the more beautiful part of that is that it gave my daughter and I a choice before we made the commitment. So here I am in the garden center with my daughter and I'm kind of chuckling to myself because I couldn't help but think that like, wouldn't it be great if people could come with tags like that, you know, like, you know, around our neck or maybe on a, you know, our wrist, you know, um, maybe it could help you self-select better friends or a different spouse or, you know, better coworkers, you know, and I kind of started giggling because I was thinking like, hmm, like if I had one of these tags, like what would it say? And mine would probably say something like, you know, statuesque, bright, showy flower, full sun to part shade, grows to almost six feet tall, likes personal space, requires ample sandy soil by the ocean for best blooms, blooms May to October, hardy through New England winters, doesn't like to be confined and will do best as a ground cover, repels pests, long dormant periods necessary, thrives on love. You know, like, what would my tag say? What would other people think my tag should say? But all kidding aside, we don't come with tags, right? Mostly it's trial and error. So, you know, sometimes we might come home with a couple real stinkers that we thought were going to fit in, or, you know, maybe something takes over our container and squeezes us out, or maybe our colors and scents clash with someone else's colors and scents. And it just takes a lot of work to make sure that our vessel is filled with the right kind of plant people. But I still think that sizing them up and giving them a thorough once over before wasting your fertilizer on them is a really great idea. So I thought that was kind of a good plant slash people analogy that came from this weekend. Um, And then one more, you know, finally, there's the soil. And I guess for the purposes of this podcast, I'll equate the soil to a soul, like a human soul. And did you ever notice that when you're gardening, that the top layer of soil, um, it can be kind of dry and, and I guess crusty would be a good word and devoid of, you know, those critical nutrients and then you do what every good gardener does, right? You you get your spade or your shovel or your gardening tool and you crack through that crusty outer layer. And then miraculously, like incredibly, just beneath the surface, the soil that you're turning up, it's rich and it's nutrient dense and it's full of life in the form of, you know, earthworms and bugs and color and nourishment. And Every year, as a gardener or farmer, you're supposed to till the soil and churn it over and dig deep. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to dig deep. And you're supposed to add supplemental nutrients and give it a rest. And in terms of the digging deep, you know, in a gardener's world, they make fancy tools to make this easy on you because, you know, the horticulturists know how important it is to the land around it to have a rich, nutrient-dense soil foundation. So this was my final profound thought of the weekend. Personal growth and personal development and personal empowerment is exactly like that. So you have got to, if you want a rich, blooming, lush landscape, if you want a happy, vibrant life, if you want healthy, thriving relationships, 
you have got to break through the crust. You've got to break through your crust and you've got to go deep because that's where the true life force is. That's where the roots grow deep and where conventional wisdom is flipped upside down and where you get to unlearn and relearn, just like you get to unplant and replant. And that's where powerful realizations like the ones that I had this weekend in my yard bubble to the surface. And that deep spot, that spot that's maybe only one or two strikes of the shovel away, that's where your true character resides. That's where your integrity takes root. It's where your fears hide in the dark. It's where countless seeds of love are planted and then sown out for others like little dandelion puffs on the wind. So we have to go deep from time to time. We have to churn the soil. We have to ask questions. We have to take time to just sit in stillness and observe and listen. We have to thin out our plot from time to time. We have to rotate our crops. We have to add nourishment. We have to uproot. We have to replant. We have to go dormant. There are times where we're going to turn our faces to the sun and we're going to stand proud in all of our magnificence. And then there are going to be times we're going to, where we are going to want to wither and maybe skip a growing season just like a beloved biennial. But just remember, the key is in the soil, just under the surface. And you, you are in complete control of whether your soil is composed of prized nutrients or poisons. So do the work. Till. Go deep. Plant yourself where you will thrive. After all, you were born to be the showiest, healthiest, and most beautiful flower in your garden. Just one more quick note before I sign off today. Um, I'm sure that maybe by now you know that the world is mourning the loss of truly one of its greats today. Um, Maya Angelou, I'm seeing on um, the internet and on the news, um, you know, she passed over to the other side today. And... I don't typically get broken up about, you know, celebrity passings and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, this one's really striking a chord today. And um, Maya once said, there's no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside of you. So I come to you today, as always, in vulnerability and truth. And these podcasts and my blog and my journal entries and the scrapbook pages that I so lovingly and painstakingly create, and the words in my um, upcoming book, those are all parts of my story, right? They're all lovingly woven and intertwined and coming out um, to the world in ways that they were meant to come out, or they're being kept in private until it's time for them to come out. But those are all parts of my story and my legacy, and I just want to know, how are you telling your story? You know, in what ways can you make a positive impact with your words and your voice, much like Maya did? Um, you know, share those stories. Think about them. Sit with them. Be proud of them. They've helped make you who you are today. And share them just like Dr. Angelou did. And don't take them like, don't take them with you. Um you know, my final words today would just be leave a legacy, shine bright, keep laughing, learning and loving, and always act in love and peace. I'll talk to you next time. Have a great day. Bye bye.
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Arete Today. As always, Jen has put together some engaging additional content in the show notes at jenpipe.com. That's where the conversation will continue. So click on the blog, stay connected, subscribe, and most importantly, share. Until next time, keep laughing, loving, and learning. And we hope to see you in one of Jen's upcoming classes or workshops.